Amen. Well, the title of my message is, obviously, we're going to continue our series, We Are the Body, and it's called Activate Your Faith. Um, I'm believing we're living in a time like never before. We all know this, but it's a time where we need to learn how to activate our faith. You need to learn how to believe when it's hard to believe, and you need to know the principle of your faith. Your faith gets you through things. Mm. Your faith gets you through things. When everything looks like it's complete darkness and you don't know what to do, it's your faith that carries you. And God has always designed it to be that way. You see, we look over Scripture and we see miracle after miracle after miracle, God doing this, God doing that, but it all, it's all a result of what? Faith. God loves it when people believe. Man, the whole way you get up into heaven is faith. Let that sink in for us. The whole way you get up into the kingdom of God is because of your faith. Your faith in Christ Jesus. Your faith that he is who he says he is. And your faith that he is the Lord of your life. Your faith will carry you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Romans 4, 17, it says this. I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence things that do not exist. It's time we as the church call things into existence. Did you know you have that power? If you are born again, washed by the blood of the Lamb, and you say Jesus is the Lord of your life, there's a power that rests on you. There is a power that when you use his name, anything can happen. And I'm telling you, if there was a church that would just get up and begin to speak to some situations, we would see all kinds of things turn around. If the church would just realize the power that God has given you. I love it. I love it because we go down in, in Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus says, he says this, he says, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt, let me say that again, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Yeah. That, that's Jesus talking. Yeah. That is the God you worship talking. Saying, if you believe, I can do anything. You can speak to anything and watch it move. If you believe. But he also says, you can't have any doubt. And as I said in first service, when we leave here today and you go home, if you go home with doubt in you still, then I didn't do a good job preaching. Because I want you to leave this place with no Doubt in your heart that God's going to turn your situation around, that God is for you, that God will restore, deliver, and heal. I want you to leave this place knowing you can tell every demon in hell to go back to where they're from, that you can look at every mountain, every storm, and say, in the name of Jesus, peace come. I mean, I want you to leave this place knowing who you are and activating your faith. Because your faith is your key. It's your key to victory. It's your key to success. It's all about your faith. And I always like to, every, I've, I've traveled and I've preached all over and I've talked to so many pastors. And one of the things we've always had conversations about is the topic of faith. And I, as I looked around, I was in um, Louisiana in June. 
And I was walking around this church, beautiful church, um, huge. I mean, you walk in there, look at this rat, the, the chairs go up, the raptors and all this. And I was just like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, this place was huge. They had the big screens on both sides. I was all, I got, you see this TV, you times it by 100. And I was preaching, I looked up there and I was like, what in the world? Like, it was just one of these huge church, state of the art. And I talked to the pastor, he said, how, how did this come to be? He said, faith. I said, it's a million-dollar facility. This is so many people. Revival's hitting this place. Like, how did this all come to be? And he said, faith. He said, I believed that Jesus would pour his spirit out on this place. I believed that this church would never lack. I believed that we would reach the lost and feed the hungry. And we're doing it all because of my faith. And I looked at him with tears in my eyes. And you know when someone just speaks something good to your spirit, you just slap them on the arm? I don't know if you've done that. I did that, and I was just like, I'm a guest, and I just got so touched by God, and I don't really know this guy. I'm just like, he's like, it was my faith. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank God he's, he's anointed and has a couple years on me. He just looked back at me and said, glory to God, and hit me. I was just like, whoa, we're about to have church. But we walked out, but the key was his faith. I mean, this church was huge, and it was packed out. And God was moving in a powerful way. We saw deliverance. It's because this pastor believed that God would do what God said he would do. And we, if we get a church that will look to God and say, I believe. I believe everything. I was telling Pastor Todd before service. You don't know Pastor Todd. Uh, get to know Pastor Todd. He's a great guy. Um, connection tent outside. He's awesome. Um, but I was talking to Pastor Todd. He said, what are you going to preach on? Walked in there. I was just like, I'm going to preach on faith. He said, uh-huh, faith. I said, yeah, I'm a word of faith preacher. He said, yeah, because I really am. I believe what the Bible says. And if I'm a preacher, you better be a word of faith preacher. You're preaching faith. I believe what the scripture says. If God says it, God will do it. If, if God says the dead can live again, you best believe. I believe that the dead can live again. You hear miracles happening all around the world of how children, Pastor Otto shared a couple weeks ago, are raising the dead. And we see, I believe it. I want to see it. Yes. I'm a word of faith guy. Because when everything is going wrong, your faith will get you through. They strip you from your job. Your family's a mess. You go to the doctor, you get a report you don't want to get. It seems like your world is falling apart. It's your faith that will get you through. Because I, I would always want to challenge the church to this. What if you knew about faith and the power of faith before you had to face the situation? Some people, they, hit, they have to hit rock bottom to start figuring out the whole faith thing. How do I do it? And that's great. That's awesome. I'm glad God can show up. But I want to see a church that you know the power of faith before you even walk through situations, before you even step in to a test, or before you even step into disaster and something happening and you didn't know how it could happen, but it happened. You know the truth before you even walk into that situation. Man, I had a praying grandma filled with the Holy Ghost. Her and her sisters, they sang together. You ever had a, uh, your grandma and her sisters sing at church? That was them. They up here. 
glory, glory, glory to the newborn king. They would just bring the house down. I did not, Nana, if you are watching this, I did not do good right there. You are way better than me. Um, But she sounds way better than me. But then they were Holy Ghost filled. And my Nana and my Poppy and all them, they knew that before anything bad would happen, if all hell was breaking loose, and they didn't know, oh gosh, Uncle Jimmy did this, and what are we going to do? How can we pay this bill? And Tom's sick, and I don't know what we're going to do. Before they would face situations like this, they knew God so well that when this would begin to come up in front of them, they would just look at it and say, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. God, I don't know how we're going to do it, but God's going to get me through it. The blood of Jesus. When everything, when everybody else was freaking out, my grandmother was just saying, oh, in Jesus' name, we're going to be all right. In Jesus' name, we're going to be all right. And we go down here and we find this in Mark 11. This is the story of when, um, excuse me, Mark 2. This is the story that we find out about a paralyzed man. We find out that this man can't walk and Jesus heals him. And it says this as we go down. It says, Jesus says, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose, immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all. So they were all amazed and glorified God by saying, we have never saw anything like that. We have just never witnessed this. We have never encountered this. Whoa! And God began to speak to me about this story. You see, before... This man could walk again. Before this man could get up and grab his mat, the key word is he had to learn how to get up. Scripture says Jesus looked at him and said, get up. The Bible says he got up immediately. But even in that moment of how fast he got up, there had to be a moment to where he said, God, I trust you. You've got to think about it. This man can't walk. And here is is God saying, get up. Pick up your mat. There had to be a second of where his faith kicked in and said, oh, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. And if he would have never got up, he would still be sitting. Well, he'd be dead, but he'd still be, he would never walk again. But he had to get up before he could walk and pick up his mat. You see, before every breakthrough, miracle, there's always a leap of faith. The subtitle of my message is Leap. It was last week as I was um, in bed. (laughs) My wife got up. She had to be at the church before me. So I got uh, some extra sleep. And uh, she left the house, and I was telling myself, all right, 10 more minutes. And as soon as she left, the glory of God hit my house. And the weirdest thing happened. I I mean weird. This is how you know it's God, because you could not think this up. You could not just like, oh, you could just not figure it out. And it was God. And he began to say this to me. He said, leap, 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 leap. And I'm just like, what in the world? Like I could hear it all in my spirit, all in my room, leap, leap, leap. I was like, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> leap. All right, God, what are you trying to say to me? And as I got out of the bed and I began to pray this out, he took me to Mark 2. And he showed me the story of what I just read to you, of how the man walked again and he picked up his mat. But before he did that, there had to be a leap of faith. There had to be a moment where he said, God, 
I trust you. And you find this again when God opened the blind eyes. You see, he's God. He could snap his fingers and vision be restored. But yet God puts clay on his eyes and says, go wash. What? You could snap your finger and I could see again. But yet you put clay on my eyes and say, go wash. Can you imagine being the blind man? After this man spits and puts clay on your eyes. And he says, go wash. I feel like if I was him, I would be saying this. I've heard that you can heal and you've done all these signs and wonders and miracles. Why don't you just snap your finger? What's the point of me going to wash? That would be me. But yet we find out that he did what God told him to do. And he went and he washed and his vision was restored. You see, there was a leap of faith that had to take place before the miracle manifested. (laughs) There was a bit of, God, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I feel you on it. And he did what God said and he was restored and healed. I'm here to tell somebody this morning that no matter how crazy, how out of the, it's just, just far in left field, if God told you to do it, you better do it. You better do it. Because if the blind man didn't go wash his eyes, he would still be blind. You see, there is a reason to leaping and doing the things God has called you to do. Because right around it is your miracle. There's a story about a man who went to church after he got saved. He's in a rock and roll band and completely transformed. And he went to church. And um, he's, he's fresh into this whole church thing. And he gets to church and the Lord says, I want you to give a big, I mean a big offering. And He told the story. He was like, oh, I just quit my gig. I just got saved. I don't know how I'm going to eat. And he said he heard God say, give. Give it. Give it. Give it. Give it. I'm talking thousands of dollars. God. But he heard God. Something crazy. And he did it. And he said he went and he, and he, and he gave. And he said he left. And right after he did this crazy thing, it wasn't the tithe. It wasn't... Um, Um, anything that the church, he wasn't a member of the church, it wasn't a routine, he just showed up to this church and God said, empty your pockets. Fresh, fresh saved. He's like, God, what are you saying? It was something crazy. And he did it, and he said he left. And now this man, 30 years, 40 years later, is one of the most well-known preachers and evangelists the world has ever witnessed. And his name's Jesse Duplantis. And he walks in overflow because of that one moment where he gave everything. You see, a lot of people will want to jump on those preachers and say, oh, they got too much. And that's a different debate for a different time. But you don't know how they got there. You don't know the story of when they had nothing and God said, give everything. And they acted out on their faith and they sowed a seed. And now they're walking in in the blessing of God. If God tells you to do something crazy... Most of the time, it's God. I'm telling you, I was in the middle of New Orleans, Louisiana, Mardi Gras. I was on a missions trip. 
I wasn't partying. I was on a missions trip. <laughs> and we went down there, and we were praying for everybody and uh, standing on the streets and preaching the gospel. And, man, here comes this one dude that looks like Shaggy. And he just walks around. He's like, his eyes are real like this. And he just starts staring into my soul. And I'm like, mm. what's happening here? And then the Lord spoke to me and said, hey, go to him and talk to him. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I went to him. I was like, what's your name? What's your name? And we started talking. And we hit it off. It was great. He was completely drunk. <laughs> I mean, bad. He asked me what my name was about 10 times. And then he kept saying, you want to come on over here? And I said, no, I'm saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah, you told me that. And we just kept talking and we kept talking. And then the Lord said, drop one on him. And I was like, what? He said, ask him if he's ever been to Norton, Virginia. It's my hometown. And we're in New Orleans, Louisiana. I said, God, what in the world are you talking about? He said, ask him. And I just... <laughs> Trying to, he's drunk, and I'm just laughing with him, telling him Jesus loves him, and can I pray for you? He said, yeah, I want all the prayer in the world. And I started praying for him, and then I said, have you ever been to Norton, Virginia? I'm telling you, his eyes, he went from being drunk to sober. I, I, my, my friend Spencer was right with me. It just, bloodshot eyes cleared up, and his eyes opened up. He said, what? How do you know about that place? I said, that's my hometown. He said, you're kidding pulled his phone out. Three days ago, he was in my hometown and took a picture in front of my high school. And he said, I'm going to ask you, see if you really know Norton. What's the high school? And I said, John I. Burton High School. He was like, no way! And that was, that was my high school. And he was completely sober, came back to life in this moment, and it opened a door for me to minister to him. And I led him to the Lord, and he got saved, and he's just an amazing story, completely transformed, all because of me doing something that was super wild, super crazy. I was freaking out on the inside, but God said, do it. And because of my obedience, there's another person in the kingdom of God. There's another person filled with the Holy Spirit. If you do what God tells you to do, if you learn how to activate your faith and believe what he says is true, brother, sister, I'm telling you, you will see the hand of God. Leap, leap, leap. Take that jump of faith. Run, go after it. It might sound crazy. You might not know how you can do it, how you can afford it, how you can put it together, how you can, but I'm telling you, if God is on it, if God is on it. Amen. We were driving home from um, Hamilton, Alabama two days ago. That's where we went to high school. I mean, college. Uh, that's where we went to college, and um, uh, we went down for a wedding, and we were coming back. I'm so grateful I live in Florida. We weren't even there for 24 hours. I was ready to go. It's just, I am grateful. Thank you, Lord. Um, but I was grateful for the season there. It was awesome. God bless me. But, man, it's over. Hallelujah. Um, but here we are. And as we were driving back, I was listening to the radio, and this um, story came up. And it just got a hold of my heart in such a way. And it was this. It's about a man who was stranded on this island. 
and um, I think his boat broke down, and he's in the middle of nowhere. And no family was with him or anything. And his phone died, and the boat's broke, and he is on an island surrounded by water with no one in sight. And he was there for days, starving. And he's like, I'm going to die here. I am going to die. And um, no one could find him. And he was tired of being out in the rain and uh, sleeping under trees, so he built a little hut. And he said he built the hut, and it was enough for him to crawl in and be able to sleep and shelter. And um, he was prepared to die there. And he said he went out one day to find some food, and he came back, and his hut was on fire. It was burning. And he just said, I was devastated. I mean, that was it. I'm defeated. The one bit of shelter I had is now destroyed. He was like, then just reality kicked in. I was like, yep, I'm dying. And he said, after he sat there in his pity and he was upset and was just ready to go home, he said he was praying and he got his life right and he was just like, this is how I'm going out. He said, all of a sudden he heard a helicopter. He says, what in the world? and land on the island. And the guy got out. He said, how did you find me? He said, I saw the smoke. Come on. <laughs> and then after I heard this story, I was like, gosh, this is such a good story. They should make a movie or something. And the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord said this, and I'll never forget it. He said, Corey, what you think is your disaster is your rescue. When you're in the middle of your disaster, it can be your way out. God's glory shines brighter in the middle of chaos and disaster than anywhere else. This man thought it was over. He thought he was done for. He thought he was going to die. But the smoke, the disaster attracted the rescue. I am here to tell you something today, this morning, Calvary Church. When you are in your disaster, when you are hurting, when you are going through things, you best believe God sees your smoke. You best believe that God sees you, hears you, and he's coming for you. I need to encourage somebody this morning. You are facing a storm. You feel like giving up. You feel like it's all over for you. I am done. No, honey, you just got God's attention. God is for you. He goes before you. He fights for you, and he's turning it around. Come on, can we give God a shout of praise in this place? He is for you. Your disaster is, could be your rescue. Mm, that will preach. Your storm is your victory. I'm telling you, when you activate your faith and you can see, and you can look into darkness and say, I see the glory of God. That's how you know your faith is through the roof. When you can look at a storm and say, I see the way out. When you can look at a doctor's report and say, I see the victory. Then your faith is through the roof. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants you to doubt. Because when you doubt, you just believe in him more. 
But when you don't doubt, you believe in Jesus, boy. The devil wants a church to doubt because if he can get a church to doubt, if he can get a church to doubt, he's got them where he wants them. See, have you ever been in that place of where, oh, everybody hates me, I'm not going to make it, my life's falling apart, I don't know how, everybody talks about me, oh, got a big nose. (laughs) Have you been in that place? I've been in that place, that was truth right there. When I said my nose, that's the real deal, man. I used to walk through these storms. That was me. And I know you've been in that place too, don't sit here like you haven't, you have But you're just in that place of, oh, everything just sucks. It's just awful. (laughs) The devil likes to keep you there. Because if the devil can get you to defeat you, if the devil can get you to defeat you, Uh (laughs) my scripture says he is what? Under my feet. He has no authority over me, no power over me. By the blood of the lamb shed on the cross of Calvary, the devil is nothing. That's why he has to use you to defeat you. Because when you look in the mirror and you hate what you see, he's got you. When you look at your life and you hate your life, he's got you. But I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what's going on. God's good. And your situation can be turned around in a second if you just look at it with his eyes. If you just look at the storm and say, oh, he's here. Oh, he's here. You look at the situation and say, I know, I, I know this is bad, but man, I see Christ. Your disaster can become your rescue. Your hut's burning, but the smoke attracts the rescue. I want to wake you up today to activate your faith to believe that God can do anything. But I also want you to activate your faith to believe in yourself enough and stop defeating yourself with yourself. You're strong in the Lord. You're created in the image of God. If you are created in the image of God, that means you are pretty awesome. I mean, look at all the cool creatures in the world. They're nowhere half as cool as you are. They're not created in God's image. I remember my aunt, we were at the beach one time, and she was looking at the ocean. I'll never forget this. She was standing out just looking at the ocean. She's like, wow, it's so beautiful. Wow. And I was just like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's real pretty. And she was just like, look at how the, the waves crash in and all that. She's like, uh-huh, it's nice. And she's like, the sand between my toes is just so pretty here, isn't it, Corey? I was just like, yeah, it's just awesome. I love the beach, too. And she was just like, just really having this moment with the beach. (laughs) And I was just like, I disagree with you and support you in Jesus' name. It's awesome there. (laughs) And she was just like, the trees and the the wind, and I bet there's some pretty fish in that water. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I mean, she was just going on and on and on. But then she dropped a nugget of revelation on me. And she said, you look at this, but God calls me beautiful. You look at this, and God says, I'm, I'm worthy. You look at this, and God says, I'm the apple of his eye. And you look at this, and 
he, he loves me more. And then all of a sudden, I was just laughing with him. The next thing I got tears just running down my face. I was just like, it's so true. And we had this moment with God as we looked around the world and we saw the beauty of creation in which he created, but yet you're more beautiful than any of it. If God calls you worthy and God calls you destined and God says you'll prosper, and if God says you're going to do all these things and more, believe it. Activate your faith to believe it, church. Believe who God says you are. I'm looking around this room. Every time I preach, I like to look and I say, God, who could they be? Who could you become? You say, brother, I've already retired. I already did my thing. I'm still talking to you. Because as long as you are living on the earth, there is still a purpose and a destiny on your life. In the kingdom of God. Who are you? Have you ever looked in the mirror and asked that question? Ask God, who am I? Who have you called me to be? There's some people in here, you have served the Lord for years and years and years. Some of you in here, you've served the Lord for 20-some years or more. But God's still calling you today to go home and look at the mirror and say, God, who am I? Because as long as there's breath in your lungs, there's a purpose on your life. And if the church would learn how to activate their faith and speak to the mountain and tell it what to do and speak to the storm and say, be calm and speak to situations and say, we're turning this one around and speak to the doctor's report and say, no, I know you say I'm sick, but I'm healed. When we learn how to activate our faith, Man, you're going to prosper like you've never prospered before in your life. But in order to activate your faith, what, what must happen? You must leap. You have to leap. You have to step out when God says to step out. You have to go when God says to go. You have to do what he's telling you to do. Like I said in first service, because if you don't do it, glory, glory be unto God. If you don't do it, you'll miss it. You will Miss it. Do I believe that he's the God of second chances? Of course. But I also know that if I don't respond today, on this beautiful Sunday in November, at the 945 service, I can never get this moment back. And what does God have for me here today? That can set me free. Push me forward and break me out. What is it that God has for me? He's calling you to activate your faith. He's calling you to leap. Come on, some of you already know some things that God has been speaking to you about saying, you need to do this. And you're like, ooh, mm mm-mm. He's saying, you need to do this. Well, God, I'll fast and pray about it. You fast and pray about it. You still need to do this. (laughs) Well, God, I'll see if I get a word. You go to church, Pastor Roddy. Hey, I think you should need to do this. 
Well, God, I, I said, okay. some of you know exactly what you're called to do, and it might be nursery ministry. I don't know, but God is calling you to do something. To do something. He's calling you to take that leap of faith. And my friend, when you step out and you do it, things are going to begin to manifest for you. Miracles are going to begin to break out. You are going to see your breakthrough when you leap. You have to leap. And there's this story on the great mountain of Norton, Virginia. We call it Thacker's Branch. That is where my grandmother made the best biscuits and gravy in the world, which I get to eat on Friday. Glory to God! But on the great mountain of Thacker's Branch, there's this church that sits up there. It's called Freedom of Worship Church. Man, we are some Pentecostals. We love the Lord up there. We shout, we dance, we pray, and we see victory. And I remember I was little. Mainly, I just mainly remember the stories um, as I grew up, and they would tell me. There was a revival that broke out, and it was packed out. I mean, they were in there like this, COVID who, and they, <laughs> and they were having church. And my grandfather was a word of faith preacher. He said it, he believed it, God would do it. And that same anointing is on my life. If God tells me something, I'm going to walk in it and see it. No matter how big it is, how crazy it is, if I got God, it's easy. And my grandfather was the same way. I mean, that brother had faith through the roof. And there was revival breaking out, and they made an altar call, and people were just shouting, dancing, jumping, and running, crying, weeping. And he stops the service. And have you ever been around some people who just have that faith walk? Have you ever met some people that just walk in authority, that when they step into the room, they just walk in like, it's just serious. I'm not trying to like make fun of them or anything because it's a real thing. They walk into the room and you can just feel the authority on their life. Yes. The way they walk into a situation, you just like, mm, kingdom of God's about to break loose. That was my grandfather. And he walked down to this man who had tumors all in his mouth. He had tongue cancer. I mean, it was three, four tumors all in his mouth. On the inside, it wasn't on the outside, it was all on the inside. He couldn't eat anything, just tumors. My grandfather saw him in the altar praying, tears coming down his face. And God said, and my grandfather said, will you heal him, God? And God said, well, do you believe that I can? And that was enough for my grandfather. He said, oh, you don't have to ask me twice. And he walked straight to this man. He said, spit him out. You talk about faith. He didn't lay hands on him and say, in the name of Jesus, come out. He said, spit him out. And the man spit all the tumors out of his mouth. The craziest, wild, they just failed. My grandmother, they used to say that, I mean, the room just blew up because a miracle like that happened. And he said, the guys, he began to like, they were coming out of his mouth. He was crying as he was just getting, getting them out of his mouth. And my grandfather was just like, glory to God. And he, I remember my nana said, he, they just threw him away. And the whole place was running and shouting. The dude, get this, tumors came out of his mouth. But he wasn't bleeding. 
There was no pain. It's just like he spit it out like gum. Like, God still performs miracles. He still does it. And it's not the way you think. It's not going to look pretty sometimes. It's going to be this super, just out of the ordinary thing, but it's God. You see, he could have snapped his fingers and vision would be restored, but yet he had to go wash. There is always a leap of faith because this man, when my grandfather stepped out on a leap of faith saying spit it out, the man who received the miracle had to too because he was like, is it going to come out? He activated in faith too, and he was healed in the moment, and the church just blew up. I'm telling you, it just lost it. I mean, if we saw that in this house, we would lose it too. I, I'm, telling, I'm preaching up here right now, but I would, I still kind of figure it out. I'd run to Hernando or something. I don't know. If I saw something like that, we all would. They'd just see Calvary Church running to Hernando. What in the world? Come on, God is moving. I'm telling you, I want to live in a time where we activate our faith again. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person like that. I want to walk up to situations and say, be healed. I want to walk up to the sick with so much authority on my life, believing God, saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going I'm to walk up to him. The doctor said they're dying, but God, I believe your word. I'm going to walk up to you, lay hands on you, and say, live in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you. Ooh, I feel this, and then we're going to make an altar call. But um, <laughs> I feel this right here. Most of you, you'll miss out on your miracle because why? Because you doubt your miracle. Jesus. And there's, some miracles can manifest in a second, and some will take a period of time. But the key is you have to believe. You have to believe that God can heal you right then and there, but you also have to believe, God, if I wait 30 years, you'll meet me in 30 years. You see, faith doesn't have time. Faith is faith. And faith says, God, you will do it. Stop trying to think your way out of a miracle. I feel the anointing of God. Stop thinking your way out of your breakthrough. Stop trying to, well, I don't know. Stop it and believe it. All you have to say is, God, I trust you. The paralyzed man, that's all he said is, God, I trust you. I leap out in faith right here. God, I'm, I'm going to get up and walk. He didn't sit there and start, well, I don't know how this can calculate. I don't know if we can do this. I, the priest said this. I don't know. No, he got up and walked. Why? Because he believed what God said. Come on, your mind can talk you out of your breakthrough. Your mind can talk you out of your miracle. Believe God. Shoo, I feel the holy. Believe God. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who's left you. I don't know what you've lost. I don't know how bad you got it. But I'm here to tell you something. That Jesus Christ is for you. And God loves you so much that he's not going to leave you there. Yes, come on. you got to get up and leap out of there. Yes. He's coming to meet you this morning right where you're at. But all he is asking you to do is activate your faith and leap. Yes. Yes. Come to me. Jump to me. Yes. Quit thinking your way out of your breakthrough and your miracle. Ah, glory to be unto God. Yeah. 
Jesus. In the middle of 2020, when all this was breaking out between March and June, churches were closed, everything came to a stop. The devil wanted to make the vision of the church small. The devil wanted the church and God's people to think small. Think their way out of revival. Think their way out of breakthrough. Think their way out of church growth. Think their way out of their family being restored. I'm going to stop it. But I'm here to tell somebody and remind somebody like I uh, told all the pastors that I've been with since COVID broke out and on on our call line and all this is the simple truth that God never said, make your vision small. God never said, stop. God never said, stop preaching, stop going, stop believing. No, he said, believe, keep going, keep digging, keep pressing forward. We're not going to give the devil an inch. Come on, if God's talking to you, and you say, I feel it. In this hour, in the last days, and the Bible says what? I'll pour my spirit out. You know we say it so much. On all flesh. I'm telling you, what does that mean? That means there is a generation of preachers coming up. There is a generation of people who have been touched by God. And they are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. And I'm looking around this room. And if I say, if, if I ask you the question, are you ashamed of Jesus? And you respond, no, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Then you better be, mm, Holy Ghost, you better be able to preach the word of God in power, love, and truth. If you're not ashamed of the gospel, don't give up on your workplace. If you're not ashamed of the gospel, don't give up on your family. If you're not ashamed of the gospel, don't give up on your school. I'm telling you, God still wants to do a work, but he's looking for for people to open their mouth and leap. The devil's kept the church quiet for too long. I know I'm a preacher. I keep my mouth open. Pastor Otis, he talks a lot too. We talk all the time. It's what we do for a living. We are preachers. But it's not just the pastors who need to talk. It's the body. It's the body. You got to need to be preaching just as much as we preach. You guys need to be loving on people just as much as we do. You guys need to pray for the sick just as much as we do. When the body gets the revelation that it's not just one person, it's all of us, man, the kingdom of heaven will go forward. We have to leap in this hour. Like Pastor always says here at Calvary Church, we're not concerned about Uh, promoting our ministry. No, we're concerned about promoting your ministry because we want you to get the revelation that it takes all of us, that it takes all of us. It takes all of us to preach the gospel. It takes all of us to lay hands on the sick. It takes all all of us to give to the kingdom of God and watch the church go forward. It takes us all. Hallelujah, glory. My pastor at the ramp, his name is Brian Beasley. Man, man of God. I love Pastor Brian. He would take up an offering, and every time he takes up an offering, he would always give in front of everybody too because he wanted to prove the point that, yes, I work here, but I give too. It takes all of us. Every time he would take an offering, he would get his checkbook and sign it and put his own offering in there too and say, it takes all of us, church. We're all doing this. We're all returning the tithe. 
We're all going forward. We're all believing for this. We're all going to put this event on. We are all going to feed the hungry and shelter the homeless. It takes all of us. And that moved me so much because it's so true. Activate your faith. Leap. Leap. That's the word of the Lord. Leap. Leap. Step out. Do what God says. If it's crazy, good. If it's uncomfortable, good. If you don't know how, good. Just do it. And watch God meet you. Water in the desert. I close with this. If you put yourself in the middle of nowhere, you are in a desert dying of thirst. No water to No water around for miles. But then someone says, hey, there's water 50 yards, eight feet in the ground. What are you going to do? You're going to go 50 yards, and you are going to dig, 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 and dig some more until you find the water. Why? Because if you don't have the water, you'll die. And there's something that happens when you're desperate. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, water in the desert, Corey. Tell the church that I'm always in the room. I'm just looking for them to dig. Tell the church I'm 50 yards in front of them. Tell the church I'm right beside of them. Tell the church I'm in the back. Tell the church I'm in the altar. Tell them I'm here. I'm just looking for them to dig. You... You can be in church and Jesus be in the same room and you still miss it. Because you didn't open up. And you didn't dig. He's here. Go find him. The Bible says, if you seek me, you'll find me. God is here. God is at your house. God is at your job. God is in your car. He is all around you. Dig. 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 Please, and find them. Find them. Because the great thing about God is he wants to be found. He wants to be. Church, I'm challenging you today to activate your faith. Leap a little bit. Believe God a little bit. Trust God. Do what he's calling you to do. Some of you in here, you're called to go to a foreign country. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You're called to go to the mission field. Go. Don't think yourself out of it. Go. Some of you in here, you're called to preach the gospel. Get ready. Get in the word. Open your mouth. Brian Barcelona says it this way. We all own a device of some sort, whether it's an iPad or a phone. And the biggest platform in the world is in your hand. So many people are ashamed to put anything out there because of what people might say or think. God's calling some of you in this house to make some videos, preach the gospel, write some posts, share your heart. But you've been afraid to because, well, I sound funny on camera. Or 
They won't like it. I'll get two likes. Who cares? The world is right here. We have an opportunity to preach the gospel like never before. Preach the gospel. Support your church. Be faithful. The biggest keys in this season. Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Chris Walker, wherever you are, you can make your way back.